when we study, I guess the most important thing is we're trying to bring something, make it more relevant to us. Uh, we can study, you know, just ideas, but uh, if we can't apply them, uh, then uh, we're missing out. Then we're not really fully. Um, then we're not really fully uh, experiencing it, um, and we're actually maybe losing out a little bit. Let's give out um, spoons, and I'm just going to get the tea. And the, I mean, the evidence in this week's parsha is very strong because. Um, we know that in nowadays we don't actually have what they call saras or a skin rash that meets the criteria of the tazria and the Torah, which talks about the rashes. We don't. Uh, we do have various kinds of skin uh, rashes and uh, various different kinds. There's actually most commonly they call it leprosy, but. The leprosy and the uh, exact medical condition that it was at the time of the uh, Torah, way the Torah describes it, we don't find it. So, again, the question is, so why are we studying about it today? It doesn't even apply today. We're talking about something which is no longer there. So, why are we studying about the different kinds of uh, leprosies and all the details of it? Certainly, we should learn something that applies to us. Now, of course, we learn it. It's Torah. Everything is important. And there's lessons in everything. But <clears throat> there is, of course, the main lesson. Uh, the main lesson is that um, the Talmud says that why would one get a, uh, a skin rash? It, it connects to Lashon Hara. It connects to speaking evil of other people. People that get uh, leprosy, or the in this case the tsaras, this plague of tsaras came as a punishment for uh, speaking evil about other people. Alashnar, as we're going to talk. But before we start, the actual insight, a little bit of what uh, the Rebbe writes about this in one of his talks, I wanted to just uh, share with you um, a. Um, a very well-known uh, story, or uh, not a story, but a uh, uh, lesson of um, in which there was a person who uh, wasn't careful, and he said bad things about some other people. He spoke Lashon Hara, he said bad things about some other people. And, um, and then he came to the rabbi, and he says to the rabbi, look, I want to change my ways, and I no longer... Uh, Want to do? I want to repent. How do I make up? And the rabbi tells him, you know, go on the top of the hill and take a feather pillow and <laughs> un, and un, undo it, and then try to collect back the feathers. He says the same thing is basically uh, can't take back. You know, people um, hear things and they don't hear later on when you take it back. So the damage is basically done. So. That's that's how Lashon Hara is. It just goes by the wind. It gets blown away all over, and it's something very, um, very uh, difficult to sort of uh, make up for. Impossible. Uh, it, it is impossible. You never get back all. Oh no, yeah, yeah. Okay, but again, if Hashem, if you really do tshuva, Hashem will probably help you to rectify it through other ways. But uh, but I think there's a very important. Um, uh, point that needs to be made you know, we know a lot of people are always concentrating on not speaking the Lashon Hara but really it all begins from actually not thinking bad about another person of not judging another person because why would you speak bad about somebody else's because you, you think ill of them, if you think ill of them then you'll say something bad about them we don't find the, so much emphasis on not thinking bad about somebody. We find more emphasis on the Lashon Hara they say about talking. I guess uh, it's probably more difficult uh, to a thought uh, to creep into your mind about someone else. It's harder to protect yourself from not thinking bad about another person. Of course, you shouldn't do that. It's easier to tell you, well, even if you had a bad thought, but don't uh, speak of it. Uh, there's a story, an anecdote told about 
there was a certain rabbi who, who made a beautiful book about all the laws of Lashon Hara, not speaking evil, not gossiping, and a beautiful book. And he went around to all the different rabbis, and they all uh, signed and uh, agreed for him to publish it. But he came to one rabbi, he says, I'm not signing. He says, why? You don't agree? It's an important mitzvah. He says, it's too much emphasis, he says, about not speaking Lashon Hara, but it doesn't talk enough about not thinking uh, bad about another person. I mean, the truth of the matter is that most of the time we judge other people. Uh, it's very easy to judge other people. That's why we'll speak Lashon Hara. And we don't always know the circumstances. As the, the Mishnah says, uh, don't judge another person until you reach their position. But that's something that people uh, many times are not so careful. And... Um, people pass judgment very quickly by the appearance of someone, by the uh, way they perceive it to be. But the truth of the matter is that the only one who can judge is only Hashem. Hashem is the only one that can judge because He knows the truth and He knows uh, um, you know, what the person is going through and what their situation is. And He's the only one that can judge. We can't judge. But so in that case, the rabbi said he didn't want to sign it because he didn't want people to think bad about other people. But, of course, over here we're talking about actually speaking. We're talking about Lashon Hara, the tongue, the evil tongue. And we'll learn today, we're going to learn, we're going to see the rabbi is going to make a very interesting distinction over here between two types of Lashon Hara. Uh, two types of Lashon Hara the Rebbe is talking about. And by the way, today I have a lot of Hebrew here. I didn't, because of all the trips that I was on and just came back, I didn't have enough time to prepare so much in English, so I just quoted some things in Hebrew, but we can go through them, we can translate them. But the Rebbe brings out a very interesting point. He says there's two types of Lashon Haras. One comes because of a... Uh, deficiency one's character. A person who is just a not a good person has negative character, has uh, uh, bad midos, has, uh, and it likes to talk bad about other people just to degrade them, to uh, shame them, to say bad. It just enjoys uh, hurting other people. That would be a a, a very negative. Huh? In, in this second, I said, I wonder what happened to Janice tonight. And then the, uh, uh, I just thought, where are you? <laughs> yeah, I stayed a little longer at work. I said, I pass it down. See what happens when you guys don't come, you miss. I noticed. <laughs> so, so one, uh, one type of Lush and Horror is motivated by a person's just, uh, I get he's a bad a bad person, you know, just wants to speak evil about other people, wants to degrade them, wants to shame them, wants to cause them uh, bad feelings. Well, wants, maybe wants when them. we do that, we make ourselves feel like we're better. Okay, but for whatever, but okay, maybe uh, feeling better on somebody else's... <laughs> Cheshman, you know, you know, they say there's two. If you want to be higher than somebody else, there's two ways of doing it. It's either you get up on a chair or you bury the other person in the ground. But it's harder to get up on the chair. And sometimes it's easier to bury the other person in the ground than you end up being higher than the other person. But those are intentional bad uh, character uh, traits that a person may have, and but that's the worst part of the lashon hara. But as we'll see in the, in the Rambam, we'll see there is a level of Lashon Hara just comes because of people idle talk. You know, they don't, they don't pay attention to what they're saying. They're just like bored souls or people don't have what to do. Now, saying negative things is synonymous. It's the same thing as you can beat somebody up by using your hands or using a gun. And you can wor- use words to beat somebody up as well. So words can do, they can be used as a tool, as a vehicle of doing bad, just of destruction. You can use that. But on the other hand, God gave us 
a gift, the gift of speech. A gift of speech, notwithstanding the fact that um, we don't want to do bad with it, but one should utilize every gift that they have to do something positive with their gift. So if you have an intellect, you should utilize for the study of Torah, for the betterment of mankind, to help people to do good things. So that's a capability, that's a talent, that's a special uh, ability that you have. Don't just waste it. So there is a group of people, or some people, who just use speech as a means of a pastime. They don't do anything. They'll just sit and just idly discuss and just uh, for any meaning. But unfortunately, when you have that kind of time on your hands or you have that kind of, um, of an attitude uh, for your speech in general, it can very easily degrade and get worse and worse. And you will eventually start mocking other people. You start talking bad about other people. You will start talking bad about Hashem. You know, everything is going to uh, deteriorate. So that's the uh, definition of Lashon Hara is just uh, as a result of non... It's not necessarily a bad character that it's based on. It's based on idle. It comes from idle talk. We'll see in, the, in Rambam, it fits in very well in Maimonides. We'll see in a minute. But uh, a very important part in the Rambam in Maimonides, as we're going to learn, seems who is the group of people you're hanging around with, you're hanging out with. That seems to be a very important, that it's incumbent upon us to not to be in the company of scorners, not to be in the company of people who are just idly doing nothing, not to be in this company, because inevitably, if we're in their company, we are bound to get dragged down into their type of talk, into their type of behavior. And even unbeknown to us, slowly but surely, we get dragged in and we become like them. And then we uh, not only are we doing idle talk and not useful talk, but we're actually talking, uh, we're actually doing negative. A person should use their power of speech to study Torah, to daven, to pray, to say tehillim, to say nice things to other people, to do good things to other people, to encourage other people. Use a positive uh, thing to use one's power of speech. Rebbe explains that the Rambam writes about it in two separate places. In one area, the Rambam talks about, when he talks about the character of people, over there he defines the bad character of some people that want to degrade other people and say bad things about them. Sometimes it's actually lies. I mean, lies are not Lashon Hara, that's Motsi Shemra. Motsi Shemra means you're saying a bad name about somebody, you say you're just making up stories about them. So that's, in a way, it's even worse than Lashon Hara. But Lashon Hara, bad tongue, means even if it's true. Even if it's true, even if you say it's true, and um, uh, it's brought down in the Talmud, it says that Lashon Hara actually is bad for all three people. It's bad. It's bad for the person that speaks it, because he's, of course, starting it. It's bad for the person that listens to it, because if you didn't listen, the other one wouldn't speak, so it's you're bad for you too. But it's always bad also for the person who's spoken about why, what is he fault? But why is he? What? What he didn't do anything? Uh, well, his character's just oh, been assassinated. Yeah. Well, what? So why should? What is his? But it's a very, very interesting concept over here. When you, um, when you bring out a negativity into the open, let's say you say something bad about some someone, you're almost forcing Hashem's hand to see the bad about the other person. Uh, when you're saying it, when you like, if it's hidden, if it's not spoken of, it's sort of doormat. So maybe Hashem doesn't look at it. But if you start saying a bad thing about another person and saying, let's say that it's true, what you're saying, let's say you said something true, but you brought up his negativity into the open, so maybe he'll he'll actually cause the other person some uh, damage because. Hashem sees, so to speak, he sees all the time, but once people talk about it, 
you sort of he he you're, you're almost forcing so to speak Hashem's hand to do something about it because this person's done bad. So that's why it doesn't only hurt the one that says and listens, but it also hurts the person that is talking about. But if you twist, change, switch that around to the positive, if you talk something good, you find something good about another person, and you find something positive about another person, you're doing them, not only are you doing a mitzvah, the person who's listening is hearing something positive, but you're doing a favor for the other person because you're bringing out his goodness into the open. And therefore, Hashem listens to when you bring out to somebody's goodness in the open because you're saying nice things. When I first came um, to the community and you know, became a rabbi, I have a brother-in-law who's been a rabbi of a congregation for, for many, many years, and I seeked his guidance about what to do about a eulogy. Sometimes, you know, when you have to do a funeral, and he and I and I asked him. Well, sometimes the guy who the the woman, the man who's doing funeral, maybe they didn't live such a <laughs> uh, distinguished, you know, uh, honorable life. Maybe sometimes. I say, what are you, I mean, what are you going to get up there? You're going to say, well, this person was a big tzaddik or he was a, a, an honest person or whatever, but, you know, everybody knows, you know, that it's different. I mean, it seems like it doesn't really um, seem like it's being the truth. I mean, what are you supposed to do? And But whatever he told me, he says, you know, you can find something positive about everyone. But with my own experience, I, I actually see that it is actually very true. It's we all have we all have goodness in ourselves, and what is the question is what we choose to concentrate on about the, about the other person. It's always a question: what do we choose to concentrate? If we choose to concentrate on the other person's uh, greatness, his goodness, or we concentrate on his bad traits and therefore it's not a lie when you say something nice about another person that doesn't negate necessarily that the person also has some negative characteristics that doesn't negate that but all it means is I'm choosing not to focus on the person's negativity I'm just choosing to focus on the good things which is true it's not it's not a lie it is the truth so, uh, I want to make just one before we learn inside, and we'll translate it and see how this works over here. I just want to point out another very interesting thing in the parsha, the way it begins. We'll do. Let's do the first verse, okay, one and two, okay, of the parsha. Okay, so the parsha we have just one and two. So I'm I'm, I'm just going to read it. So I read the Hebrew and then the English. So it begins with Vaidaber Hashem. El Moshe vel Aaron Lemor. God speaks to Moshe and Aaron saying. He says like this Adam. Anybody knows what the meaning of the word Adam? Mm-hmm. Earth, world, man. Man. A man, a person. When on the skin of his flesh there will be. Now do we have the names of various different kinds of tsaras, seis, or asapachas, or baheres. Various different names. And that will be in his skin as a plague of a tsaras, a leprosy kind of a plague. He shall be brought to Aaron the Kohen or to one of his sons, the Kohanim. Which is, by the way, also a very important lesson. Why do you have to bring him to a Kohen? Why do you have to bring him to a Kohen? Because, it's not because the Kohen is the most learned and expert person to know whether this is a leprosy or not. The Kohen actually will take along with him a scholar, somebody who is an expert in these diseases who can actually guide him. But it's actually the Kohen the Torah says that has to say to the person that he is tummy, that he is not, not clean. Why do we need the Kohen when you need expertise here? Because it's not about judging or declaring another person impure. 
It is only a Kohen. A Kohen is considered to be an Isha Chesed, a man of kindness. He's considered to be a man of compassion. That's why they bless us. They give us the blessings. Before you can declare a person and say, you're impure, we have to make sure that it comes from a point, from a level of your own kindness, that you are not just doing it because you enjoy or that you don't feel for the person. Only a Kohen can determine who is, uh, has a sickness of leprosy. And that's why it's interesting also in the Torah, when the Torah talks about you, you shall rebuke another person, the Torah says that if you see somebody doing wrong, it says you must rebuke them. You can't just close your eyes. You must tell them not to do so. But there is a verse that comes right before the verse to rebuke them. It says, You must love them as yourself. If you love them as yourself, then you can rebuke them. You know, a parent, a teacher, anybody who is disciplining their children, or they have to sometimes use sometimes difficult measures in order to bring about and protect and make sure that their children grow up like mentioned or the students do the right things. But it must come from a point of love. It must come from a point of concern, of care about them. If you care about them, then you can actually... If you're a Kohen, you can do it. But the question really is, people have four different names in which the Torah sometimes refers to them. Adam, Enosh, Gever, Ish. Adam, Enosh, Gever, Ish. These are four different names. They all mean man. But in level, Adam is considered to be the highest of the level. Maybe a person who has uh, a higher level of an intellect is called an Adam. He's a man. Like say, I'm, when you even in, 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 in Yiddish, something say, this person is a real mensch. The word mensch is almost like the word Adam, the Hebrew word Adam. A real mensch, a real man. You know, he's a real good, it represents, the word Adam in the Torah represents the highest level. So the commentators ask, but if we're talking about leprosy, we're talking about Lashon Hara, we're talking about somebody, why does the Torah use the language of Adam? Adam seems to be, the Torah should have maybe say, Ish If a man used the word Ish instead of the word Adam, why use the word Adam? Actually, this also explains a little bit, the Alter Rebbe in Lekut Torah explains a little bit, how come uh, nowadays we don't have it? Why, we don't speak Lashon Hara? I mean, unfortunately, we're experts at Lashon Hara. We've uh, perfected that profession of uh, finding uh, some things to say about everyone. In any case, you know, this is, you know, some people make this into their life's goals, but no, but... Uh, why, why don't we have actually leprosy today? I mean, we're not better than the olden days. But um, the Al-Rebbe explains that um, in the olden days, leprosy is an external disease. Like, So it means that if a person gets caught up externally, like he's externally, but internally he's okay. So it's like a skin, it's outside, it's, people can see. But basically, if you have tzaras, it only means that you have something, a rash on your skin, on your outside, or sometimes it's on the walls, on the house, or we'll see it's on your garments. So these are all external things. It's not your inside. So what it really means, uh, is where it represents is, sometimes people that have deficiencies uh, only on the outside, but in the inside, they're, they're really okay. But, you know, they're good people in the inside, but externally they make mistakes, but they're good in the inside. So, he says it's like, um, Tzaras is, in the olden days when people were mostly good on the inside, so therefore the outside was afflicted with this leprosy. But today, he says, the problem is not on the outside anymore, the problem is on the inside. So there is no leprosy, there's no external thing, it's the more we have to deal a lot more with our internal issues rather than just dealing with the external issues. It's almost like saying that um, um, 
you know, when you have a clean tablecloth and then you have a spot, a coffee spot, you can tell it, you can tell right away it's because it's externally, it's visible. But if it's all dirty all over, then another spot doesn't really, is not visible. So today we have other issues to deal with, so that's why we don't have tzara. That's one explanation. But still, we need to understand, I mean, it seems like Lashon Har is a pretty, is a pretty, um, external, uh, you know, a pretty severe sin. It's not just externally. But we explained before that there's two levels of Lashon Hara. There's a level of Lashon Hara where a person is trying to cause somebody else pain or say bad things or to make themselves feel better by, 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 by degrading other people. That's a totally negative and that's not even what we're talking about. That's not really what Lashon Hara is. But on the other level is Lashon Hara comes from idle talk. People don't have what to speak. They don't have what to do. They're just sitting around and they're doing nothing. They're wasting their time. So they're going to eventually... So it's really... They are not actively trying to do something better. It's just going to deteriorate to something worse. So that's why... You know, you might be a, a decent person and you might be not a bad person. And I'm going to tell you that um, a lot of people that maybe do hurt other people's feelings, will say something negative. I'm not only talking about saying Lashon Hara about something, or people will hurt other people's feelings, you know, sometimes spouses, sometimes child children, sometimes bosses, sometimes, you know, your other people, you know, will hurt other people. They're not bad, they're not intending to cause the other one pain. If you make them aware that what they're saying is, is hurtful and painful, you know, maybe they'll say, you know what, maybe they're sorry. They didn't really want to. They didn't intend. They're not intuitively bad trying to hurt the other person, but they're just, you know, going on their way, or maybe it's their own. They get carried away with their own ego a little bit, or they get to their... And then, inevitably, the other person doesn't really uh, come into play that much, and they'll say or do or act in a way which is going to be hurtful to somebody else. So... They're not bad people. They're not people that are inclined to try to hurt the other person, but they end up hurting them. And if you don't, you know, you don't stop them, you know, okay, they'll continue to do that. But uh, uh, so I'm not excusing that, but I'm trying to say, Adam, he could be an Adam. He could be a nice, a nice person, but he can still have deteriorated into Tsaras. He can deteriorate into something very negative, even though he's an Adam. He's He's a, he's a pretty decent guy. He goes to shul three times a day. He davens. He may learn a little bit. He may, you know, but, but still doesn't make him into a good person. You know, sometimes they say people study Torah, but the Torah doesn't teach him anything. <laughs> so it's not enough to study Torah, but the Torah has to refine you, make you into a, a better person. Yeah, go ahead. I think I learned upon the Chafetz Chaim book yeah. that you can be saying something good to someone and it can hurt your feelings unintentionally. That's another point, yes, that's real. Oh, my friend Robbie, you should know what a wonderful time I had at Susie's party. And you're thinking to yourself, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, examples for that, but the example given to in the uh, in Allah is but it's also said um, you're not allowed to praise somebody in front of other people, you can say something nice about them, right? What's wrong? You're going to say, I'm only saying nice things. But you're going to say, no, he's not such a nice guy. You know, if you say in front of somebody, he says, oh, you know what? That plumber did such a wonderful job for me. The other guy says, oh, oh no, you know, he charged me way too much, the guy, and the guy isn't. So in the Torah, there's many times, there's a few words that the Torah adds it says, Ani Hashem Elokechem. After many laws, it says, I God, your God, I know what you're thinking. Because what you say, you can play it, you know, Mr. Innocent. You know, I didn't say anything. You know, what did I say already? I didn't do. I, but sometimes, you know, so when you say about Lashon Hara, you can sometimes say positive, and then you can cause that positive that would be okay. But those are various different. I don't really um, want to go into the details, the laws of Lashon Hara right now, but I wanted to just show how in the Rambam, what the Rebbe points out, how in the Rambam we have these two categories. 
And the reason why it's important for us to know this is to know two things. A, not using your faculties properly can eventually lead you to negative things. Even unintentionally, it can deteriorate to that. So it's important to make sure to utilize boredom, not having what to do, can lead to a lot of negative things. People, very important, and I, I can say that for students, for yeshiva students, for perhaps all students, I don't know, but you know, having you know, uh, you know, my own children, uh, I think the most crucial things that yeshivas need to do for the students is to keep them busy and occupied, because if you're not occupied and you have free time on your hand and you're looking to fulfill your, hand, your time, if your head is empty, if it's, your mouth is, is, is not doing something positive, inevitably it's going to drift away and you're going to do something negative. So you've got to be occupied. The main thing, the key is to be occupied with good, positive things. So, so you that, what? To, you have to come to a lot of total classes. So yeah. when you meet each other, yeah, yeah, you have what to talk about. Yeah. Maybe you can have a music or an art yeshiva where you have certain classes in these kids' Balance. Yeah. No, but you know, uh, I, I think that a big problem is uh, that's perhaps a good solution. I know a big problem sometimes we have is they're not busy. You're not busy when you're not busy. You know, you or you're not busy and you're not busy. There's no demand, so you know you're just waiting for you know uh, a pitfall. You know, to just fall somewhere. You know, and the same thing goes with with all, all kinds of. It's to be busy. Uh, I know one of the um, uh, main rabbis in the Chabad where I grew up with, uh, he was a, um, a, a great intellectual, and, and his approach, he always was saying, he says, if your mind will be busy with study and everything else, you won't have time to, 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 to do the other things. You should be so uh, busy with all the good things that you just... The other things, you don't have time. You don't have time to uh, <laughs> to do to get into trouble. <laughs> you know, that's right. Just, just. But isn't um, it also true that if you have too much to do in order to stay busy, that you'll fall behind and then feel bad about yourself because you can't get everything done that needs to get done. You know what I find? I find that actually, the amount of Torah classes that one needs to study on his own, in which. You know, uh, the Rebbe has told us to study every day the Parsha Chumash, the Tanya, the Tehillim, the Rambam, everything else. There's no time. Never keep up. Yeah. So I say to myself, you know, I'm always feeling behind. I just can't keep up with everything. You know, I try to spend as much time. Of course, you got to do other things that you're involved with. How are you going to do everything? But you know what? Then I have to say that uh, it's probably a positive at the end of the day. <laughs> Better not to finish, so you finish next year, you'll do okay, so leave a little bit. You know, the Parsha, I didn't cover the whole Chumash, I didn't do the whole Rashi, I didn't do the whole Rambam, I didn't do everything. Feeling bad about that doesn't, is not as depression, it's not going to be. It's just know that, you know, we're going to try to do better. I, that's what I think, that's what I feeling I get. There's just too much to learn, uh, to accomplish, to do what you need to do, it's, there's just not enough time for that. Yeah. Can, we, can you say also like this, really, the concept of the Tzaraz, was really like, I don't want to say a gift, but it's Hashem's way of helping the person better himself. Like when we're so not aware of what we're doing wrong, like today, we just keep doing it. That's true. If there would be like this, you know, white spot on the wall, you're like, oops. And maybe that's why it comes with the word of Adam, because I know you could be better. I know you could be on the highest of level. I know you have that potential. I know you could correct it. So... So maybe an ish would see the sign and go, eh, doesn't mean anything to me. But Adam, he says, no, I know that I'm really on a very high level. I have perfect. To... That's perfect. That's what the Rambam writes. That's perfect. That's a very good analysis. That's the Rebbe's take on this. But what I'm going to do now is, because the problem is that it's all in Hebrew here, so let me read it and just translate it so that you'll get a, 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 a sense from directly from the text of Maimonides. You'll see exactly how he says. Now again, the first laws, the Rambam addresses Lashon Har in two separate places. In one place, or in many other places, but I'm talking about in the book of Yad HaZokah, in the laws. First place he talks about 
in the laws of behavior of people. That's the first time. Over there it's a little bit short. And another time he talks about it when he talks about the laws of leprosy, or in, the, in the book of when he talks about leprosy. The first one, he talks about human behavior. What is the proper and what's the wrong behavior? And, you know, as far as the laws of the Torah, the Torah says you shall not do this. The Torah writes, for example, the Torah doesn't say, Lo tadaber Lashon Hara. It doesn't say, don't speak Lashon Hara. The Torah uses the word, Lo yiselech rochil. The word, Lo yiselech rochil, rochil essentially means that person who goes, hears information here and passes it over there. He goes from place to place. This is all part of Lashon Hara, going from, you know, from place to place. Unfortunately, uh, this is what many of the websites and other places and blogs are made up with just to degrade people, to speak Lajnara and to assassinate people's character and to try to find fault and that's, you know, and they disguise it under various different kinds of justification but and unfortunately there's a lot of people that consume that kind of stuff and that's what people like to to unfortunately hear. What? On rumors and innuendos, insinuations, and just high school suicides. Yeah, yeah. And and you know that's very very unfortunately. That's the so I'm saying it's uh, it's um, it's it's difficult out there, but we got to do what we can and all of. So in the first, I'm going to read like this. So in 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 the if you learn it's, it's about one two three four the fifth line from the top. I'm doing the one with the vowels a little bit small. He says, Yesh oven godel ad me'od. There is even a greater, graver sin. Much greater. Much greater than what? Much greater than just taking news from one place and giving it to another place. You're not saying anything bad or anything else. You're just saying to you, okay, oh, you know what? They bought a house today. This guy, you know, they went to the barber shop today. You know, just, just plopping, you know, from one person to the other one. That's not such a great, it's a prohibition. But there is a greater sin than that, Rambam says. That's also included in this prohibition. That is one who relates degrading things about their friend. If you relate degrading things. Even though you said the truth. So even though telling something derogatory about somebody else, even if it's true, that is considered a prohibition, is a greater <coughs> sin of doing it. The one who says a lie, he just makes up stories. He will be called giving out a bad name. That's a different thing, but giving out a bad name. What does it mean? A Baal Lashon Hara. Owns up a Lashon Hara. Now it seems like we're not talking about a person who advertently sometimes it's a negative, makes a mistake, says something bad about another person. Yo, you got to put yourself a stop to it. We're talking about a Baal Lashon Hara. I mean, that's their uh, uh, sort of, that's their profession already. They, they own it. This is what they do. We talk, my job is I talk Lashon Hara. A Baal Lashon Hara. The person that sits and says, This one did so and so. Now sometimes you say something, he did something. Sometimes you just say bad things about him, you say about his parents. His fathers were such, you know, they, they were bad people, you know, they, they did terrible things, they stole their money, or they were in prison, you know, they say, you know, you come, you tell, you say bad, bad things about people. Or, furthermore, this is your saying, facts, I saw him do so. Or, you can just pass on news that you heard. I heard about this guy. You know what I heard? You know what I heard about him? This is what I heard about him. And then you just keep on giving up. And you're saying words that degrade. This is considered words that degrade. About this, the verse in Tehillim says... May God cut off the lips that smooth talk and the tongue that speaks great bad things about other people. This is one area in the Rambam. And the Rebbe says this part of the Rambam, the Rambam is talking about 
the negative uh, uh, character of a person who becomes a Baal Lashon Hara. He becomes a master of Lashon Hara, and that's his occupation, and he does the thing because he gains joy, and he gains, uh, I guess, gives him what to talk to, talk bad things, things about another person. However, the Rambam further writes, this is in the laws of Tumas Saras. Over here, the Rambam gives you more the definition of when leprosy comes. That is not necessarily when a person is only evil and trying to hurt somebody. But as the Rebetzin said, that it's to give you a chance to stop at your... Uh, before you go further. And you have various different stops that the Torah gives you before you can, uh, before if you should get the message. You don't have to wait till the end. It's only if you don't get the message all along. And, you know, you may be an Odom, as I mentioned before, or she says you are an Odom, that you get the message, but you still... And here the Rambam writes like this. In Halacha uh, Yudalat. One who relates evil tongue, he says, First, the walls of your home change. Because there's different sets of levels in the Torah between today's and next week. I mean, it's all today's double portion, Tazriya Mitzorah. Between the two portions, it talks about there can be a leprosy on the walls of the house. It can be on the furnishing, furnishings of the homes, it can be on the garments, and it can be also on your skin. And it is on the outside, because it starts everything with the outside. And these are all external parts, but the house is more external until it comes to the external top part of the person. So it says like this. First, the mishtan is kiris basically, the walls of the house change. Im chazar boy, if you retract... Yitar then the house will be cleaned. So you won't have to, the Kohen will come, he will see, you have a chance, the Kohen will determine. So, which essentially seems like Hashem Lachatchila, to begin with, makes the sign not such a clear one, so that it should go either way. So that if you have, if you want to change, you'll be able to change, then it'll be clean. But is therefore in Chazarboy, if you retract, you stop. Now, we said before, if you retract, well, you can't take back Lashon Hara, but we're talking about if you stop from that kind of activity, you pay heed to what you're doing, you're not just going to sit and, and speak, but you're going to stop that kind of activity, your house will become clean. But If you stand in your space and until your house is broken down because of the leprosy, because it's harassed, it's broken down, so then the uh, leather vessels, most of their vessels were made out of leather in those time. The chairs, the chairs were made out of leather and the beds were made out of leather. So they start changing colors as well. And over there you also get a chance. You got to find out, are they or boy, If you retract, they will be, that's a warning. If you get the message, then you're clean. If you continue in your defiance until they're burnt and you don't get the message, then your own garments that you are wearing start changing colors. Now, in Chazarboy, again, if you retract, they become clean. But if you continue to stand in your defiance until you burn your clothes as well. So then your skin on your body becomes plagued with that leprosy. And you're going to be distinguished and publicized all by yourself. Everybody's going to see uh, that you have this type of plague. Until you don't no longer occupy yourself now he says what? In the talk of the evil. Mm-hmm. Now look, the Rambam writes, very interesting. Shehi halitzonus v'lashon hara. He says, it's the mockery and the lashon hara. 
So the Rambam brings in also mockery. But who's talking about mockery over here? We're talking about Lashon Hara. We're talking about evil tongue. But this is actually an outcome from just idle talk and just not not being careful what you're saying. We're not talking about the Rambam doesn't write here talking degrading things about his friends. And the Rambam gives us a very interesting further explanation. Because one of the places that we see that leprosy came as a result of speaking Lashon Hara was the story with Miriam. When Miriam said something negative about Moshe. Now we all know, the Rambam says, Miriam didn't hate Moshe. Matter of fact, Miriam saved Moshe's life when he was poured into the basket. She did everything to save him and she prophesied and she did everything for him. So she wouldn't want to hurt him and she didn't want to hurt him. Uh, she made a mistake, Miriam. She said something which she thought because after Moshe Rabbeinu was speaking to God, he had separated himself from his wife and he no longer lived with her together as a man and a husband, a husband and a wife. And Miriam didn't think that Moshe needed to do that because there were a lot of other prophets who continued to live with their wives and they didn't separate. So he didn't think that she needed to, uh, uh, that Moshe needed to separate. But she didn't realize that Moshe wasn't an ordinary prophet, that Moshe Rabbeinu had a special relationship with God, which was beyond, higher, and more intense and more frequent than it was with other ones. It was only uh, Moshe Rabbeinu that had that special privilege. So she could not really judge Moshe from other people. So she made a mistake. And yet... The Torah tells, tells us you have to remember what God did to Miriam when he went to the desert, that because she said something bad, she was smitten with that leprosy. So how much more so we can learn for us that one should not just say things that are negative because even, so here you see leprosy doesn't come only trying to embarrass somebody, trying to shame somebody, trying to degrade somebody. You see that the leprosy has to do basically with saying negative things just because of an outcome of something. So you have to be very careful what, uh, what, what you say. So let's see further. So he says like this. On this matter, the Torah warns us, it says, He shomer benega hatsoras. He says, be careful with the plague of the tzaraz. Then it says, Remember what God did to Miriam on the root. What the Pasuk is telling you, reflect what happened to Miriam, the prophecies. So she was a prophet. Miriam was a very distinguished, a very special prophet. Look at her. That's what the Torah is trying to tell you. She spoke against her brother. She was the older one. She was older than her brother. She protected him. Furthermore, she raised him. She raised Moshe Rabbeinu. She was his, like his mother to him. She endangered her own life to save him from the, from the sea. And also she did not speak bad about him. Elotos, but she made a mistake. That she had equated him. She said, Moshe, you're just like the other Nevi'im. Why are you behaving anymore? You're not your holier than thou. You're behaving in a way that you don't have to. That's all what she said. And furthermore, the Rambam adds, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't even care at all what she said. Moshe Rabbeinu, as we see, he was the humblest person. You couldn't, she didn't hurt his feelings. She didn't shame him. She didn't do anything to him. He didn't care about all the words that she says. That verse follows what we just said over there before in the story of her. It says that he was most humblest. The Torah is trying to say it the way the Rambam explains it, but the Torah is trying to say she didn't even hurt him because he was so humble that those words that she said didn't affect him. So she didn't actually hurt his feelings and she didn't do anything to him really in a way that would cause him any pain. So, and still, Ba'afal became Miyod Nen Still, 
she was punished by Tzeras. So you see the difference between the previous halacha, which is talking about trying to say something to hurt somebody, and this halacha we're trying to learn. You're not even trying to hurt the other person. You're not even saying anything bad about them. You're, you're, you're just making some sort of a mistake. That's interesting. Miriam got her parents together after they had separated. Yeah. And maybe in the same mind, she was trying to get Moshe and together. Yes, it's interesting that Rambam doesn't say that she had good intentions. She felt bad for she felt bad for Tzipporah. Yeah, but that wasn't uh, I guess that wasn't her place. Okay, but let's just finish up. So he says like this. So Rambam concludes and says So this would be a foratory, a kalvachomer for just the people, the foolish people. They, they continuously speak Big, great things. Lefikoch, and therefore, so which means this is even in innocently you shouldn't do it. So of course, if you're just sitting around and you're just talking, lefikoch royu It is fitting for a person who wants to have his right ways. You have to stay away, distance yourself. Don't sit where they're sitting. Don't talk to them. Just stay away from them. So that you should not be trapped. That you shouldn't be trapped in the net of this evil and in their foolishness. And he says in 17, we says, This is usually the way. How does it happen that a person begins to talk Lashon He says like this. This is the common way of those who are the mockeries, the mockers, you know, who make fun. In the beginning, they start off just talking uh, words that have no meaning, just senseless plopping away. As the Kohelet says in Hebez, the voice of a fool is talks too much, he just keeps on talking. Then, once you talk too much, you say the wrong thing, you know. If you talk too much, eventually you're going to say something wrong. First of all, they sit and talk too much. And then, the next step is they start talking bad about the righteous people. Let the lips who speak falsely about the tzaddik, let them be led. So they start saying bad things. And that will give them Yilam Hergel. They'll get used to the Daber They'll start talking against the prophets. They'll start to challenge. Say we don't believe the prophets. You know, this, the, the deteriorating. So he brings a verse from Divrayomim that they are mocking or they're shaming those messengers of Hashem, the Nevi'im, and they're saying they're. And that way, eventually, they'll start talking against God. And they deny the main thing, they deny God's existence. So eventually, he just telling you that's a slippery slope. That once you start, you start with not speaking a lot of Narishkeit, then you speak bad about other people. And the Rebbe learns that this is all the definition of Lashon Hara, not trying to say something bad about somebody, just not using your speech properly. And the Rebbe turns it around, that the opposite is true, that if you use your proper speech to encourage people, to say good words, to make people happy, to teach people, to do positive things, then you will uh, be doing and utilizing your, your faculties, your speech, and the gifts that are sent to you for the positive.